Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and lots of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is definitely not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks Jesus is the only one who's ever had a second coming. And welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be looking at what body language to look for if we're giving someone the ick, chatting to Evie Plum about unlearning our sex education, and as we barrel into Valentine's Day, I'll be getting your ideas for how you spend the dreaded 14th of February. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review or subscribe wherever you get your finest of podcasts. And I hope you're ready because I'm about to teach you things they never taught at Sunday school. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Now, you know I love chatting about the ick. You know I do. But what if it's one of us that's causing it? Now, obviously, I know that no one could turn down your charming company, but it's always nice to know the signs so you can make a swift exit before the surcharge hits on Uber. So, I had to make sure I was very ick aware when I was a sex worker because I always wanted to make my clients feel satisfied. You know, I always wanted them to be happy. And so I was always ready to say, look, if you're not digging me, you can go because I want to enjoy this as well. And I cannot focus on coming on your face if you look like you're in a hostage situation. Fortunately, a body language expert has spoken to metro.co.uk this week on how we can look for signs that we're giving someone else the ick. The thing to remember is that these expressions won't be obvious, but there will be a lot of them. So you're only going to catch them if you're actively paying attention, which you should be doing anyway. If you're enjoying yourself, you know, you're out on a date. If you're not, get out of there. So make sure you look out for those tiny little scrunches of the nose or if they move something in front of them that creates a little bit of barrier or if they cross their arms. Although remember that some people just do that for comfort, (laughs) especially if they're like me and a little bit top heavy for the stools in Weatherspoons. But What can we look for when we want to see a bit of positive reinforcement? How do we know it's going well? Well, Adrienne says that there is a simple rule of thumb. Open facial expression, open-minded, open body language means they're interested. So these key signs include holding eye contact, raising their eyebrows, also a bit of peacocking. Do you know what that is? That means that if someone starts fiddling with a part of their body, like they're showing it off. So someone might roll up their sleeves to show off their guns or fiddle with their hair, you know, just to just to really draw attention to it. What do you think? Do you concentrate on a person's body language or do you take it all with a pinch of salt? Let me know if you've ever gotten it wrong. So for more details, you can find the article Body Language Expert Reveal Signs You're Giving Someone the Ick at metro.co.uk. But don't read it before you've heard from this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and bays, we chat a lot about sex education on this show, mainly about how rubbish it is. We're all left with loads of questions and some damaging myths. That's why this week's guest created Clitrally the Best, a platform that sets out to debunk, demystify and help us all become sex positive and shame free. Here to help enlighten through unlearning, it's Evie Plum. Hello, Evie. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, now, I want to start with the word unlearning because that comes up a lot on on literally the best. And it's 2023. We've all had a lot of years <laughs> where unlearning uh, has become, I don't know, kind of synonymous with being ignorant. But that's not what you're promoting. So tell us what you're talking about when you say you want us to unlearn things. Mm, yeah, not at all. I, yeah, none of us are ignorant. I think it's completely our sex education growing up or lack of. Um, and what we've learned through society down the pub um on the school playground growing up uh and it's just kind of yeah unlearning all those harmful views on our body pleasure any kind of pleasure um yeah really just unlearning all of that because it affects you in every single walk of life really and for me it really affected me growing up and it was kind of this big epiphany moment when I started learning or unlearning and yeah I just think it changes so many people's views and when you start saying unlearning you realize just how much there is to unlearn and my website I'm constantly adding stuff to it and taking off stuff and yeah I'm constantly unlearning and this is unlearning when it comes to sex education specifically yes yes sex education and pleasure where did that start so I created literally the best in the midst of lockdown so not very long ago and since then I studied sex education in terms of teaching at schools more just to see what children are actually learning now and it's still sadly not as not what you think I mean it's definitely got better there is signs of LGBTQ plus learning which is very late but 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 good but no it started when in the middle of the pandemic I came back from a trip traveling and I just I've had some bad had a bad experience sexual and consent wise and then I had uh, I got two STIs and when you go online you convince yourself you're dying you're disgusting it's the end of the world everything's very medical and I really really like drawing especially on the iPad which is kind of how I create all my illustrations and I just wanted to make everything that's medical um, in layman's terms easy to digest and just so I'd like people don't feel how I felt because it was really isolating and scary when really it's just a simple trip to the clinic getting it sorted and learning how to use better protection in the future and for me just unlearning all that shame that came with it so yeah I started it started off as a podcast and where I'd invite experts on um, with me and my friend and then they would teach us um, and help us unlearn things all the way from squirting to basic sex ed um, and pleasure. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it took off. And then I started drawing things I learned from the podcast and that kind of took off. Um, and now we're at 90,000 followers and people are just constantly wanting to learn and share whoever they are. And yeah, that's kind of just growing from there. So what made you go, 
right, I've had this terrible experience and then create this lovely website. As soon as you see this website, it's very funky, it's groovy, it's bright and it's all these lovely colours. And to take something that was so damaging and traumatic for you and to turn it into something that's so bright and colourful and so helpful for others... I mean, what has that journey been like for you? Has that been therapeutic or uh, has it been, does it make you want to tear your hair out because you're realising that this problem is systemic? Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. And <laughs> I, my my day job is actually in marketing. I hope I'm training to be a psychosexual therapist. It's a very long journey as it should be. Um, so I think that's what's helped me create the website and just realizing that most of us get well all of us get a lot of our education from the internet whether that's google search whether that's social media and I just kind of wanted to make a place where people can go to that's also not going to get deleted by instagram to learn in non-confusing ways and yeah it's been very therapeutic We've talked to a lot of people who've done sort of other platforms and who have used Twitter and social media to help with sex education. And what is becoming clear is that it's up to us. It's up to people like you and young people, especially yeah. to say, because it's 2023 and I, I'm 42. So I thought that things had improved. So when I speak to someone who's your age <laughs> and find that it's still exactly the same, marginally better because they're talking about LGBTQ, but it's so frustrating to me. But it's so great to yeah. see that there are, you know, sites like yours that are out there and that are being colourful and that are being fun and and friendly. But what kind of like is there anything that you see that is specifically coming up that needs more education? I think it's bodily autonomy and know it and like being able to communicate knowing that you can advocate for yourself as well as a huge one whether that's in the bedroom whether that's at the GP um I think that's something that I've learned very recently but equally I think the main problem is is at the beginning you're not getting the sex education you need and the idea is that hopefully you won't need my website in a, in 20 years <laughs> that would be the dream like you don't need to be learning you're learning it all through the ages and there's so much that covers I did like an illustration of an iceberg and it was like what we currently are taught and then all the stuff that we should be taught and it's it's not something that you can be taught in two or three lessons things particularly that crop up is yeah asking for your own pleasure protection we're taught about it that's probably all we're talk, taught about actually but it's done in a very fear-based way and it's done in very much if you're having penetrative sex that's the only way and that's the only kind of protection I'll show you about um, I think that's a huge one and where do, when do you think sex education should start obviously like it's quite scary when you say the word especially for parents when you say sex education and then they're starting it like as soon as they go to school but it's at the beginning it's all about consent and that's just like sharing with your with your friend etc and but that builds the foundation blocks for them when it, they get older and it's um, that is something that the UK system is very good at well from what I was taught now it wasn't from when I when I was growing up but it's changing and I think the, con the consent is such a huge one because you can apply it to literally everything in life not just sex but that's when it should start and that's when it should be starting but again there are no full-on regulations especially if it's like a private school they can then teach what they want if it's religious etc but yeah it's, it should be really starting at four or five and then it needs to be obviously age age appropriate. Um, something that I'm an ambassador for is the porn conversation, which is actually based in the US, but they uh, talk about 
uh, teaching porn from the age of not teaching porn, <laughs> teaching about porn at the from the ages of <laughs> 13, 14. Um, but it's more about being digitally savvy, being safe on the internet, knowing what to look out for. The a big thing that I was actually taught, which I talk about a lot, and I'm surprised that that was a nice part of my sex education is when I was 16, 17, I was shown a video on porn versus real life which was which really stuck with me and that's something I think that's really affect a lot of people are getting sex education as we know from porn but porn is not realistic it's it's a movie what I like is what you're saying is the idea that it's it's contextual so uh because I know that with my nieces and nephews for instance they were four and five when they were taught the underpants rules mm-hmm. do you know you, you know and it's that's all part of it. it. I think we we have this scaremongering idea, don't we? Because w- when certain people have this idea that it's scaremongering, because when they say, well, like, well, sex education should be taught from a young age, then they're like, no, you're talking about sex and putting a penis in a vagina and four-year-olds yeah. don't need to know that. And it's uh, Yeah, it's like the parents that think, oh, you're going to teach my child about anal sex. They're all going to be going around the playground having it. I'm like, no, it's not what we're going to do. <laughs> And that also doesn't mean that they're going to be having it. That's just they're learning about it. And then when that time comes, they're going to be having it safely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also ask you about lockdown. So why did you go, right, okay, lockdown, was it just the incident that happened and then you started or had there been ideas beforehand where you like, I really want to do this or? Yeah, I've always admired a lot of people that do it. There's a podcast called Come Curious um which I used to listen to and that was kind of the beginning of my unlearning I've always been interested in sex but um listened to podcasts about it but this one was really like wow and they did it in such an accessible way and funny way that I yeah I just learned so much and I just become became more of a sex nerd and was just wanting to learn more and yeah I think lockdown as well losing the will to live uh, I was furloughed I was like Let's just just try this. You know, you know the age when everyone was like, "I'm going to do a podcast." I was like, "Oh no, I want to." Um, it was the best time. I miss it. I miss it. But yeah, I think it was just I was learning so much, and I just wanted to put it out there and keep learning. I think. And what are your steps to unlearning because I so I'm looking at clitory the best and you've got the first section is let's start unlearning and you've got sexual health how to become sex positive pleasure sex 101 gynae health and there's so much where do people start I've got I've got it sectioned out into like sex positivity which I would say start with then sexual health then there are these great platforms which I have some discount codes for where they call themselves rather than porn sites they're like sexual improvement courses that you can do and like kind of like a sex positive hub a step up way more professional than me and these are there's some really good things that I've got some links on there to sign up with and they show you in a more visual way if that's what you prefer um or an audio um way that's not a podcast so um but just working your way through the menu I found and just clicking clicking and finding out what suits you because you might not need to learn learn all that stuff it might just be you're going through something at that particular moment and you need to find which is hopefully why my search bar works um (laughs) I'm kind of trying to make it into a bit more of like an encyclopedia or just like where you can go to search but 
I also direct people to Brooke. So Brooke's a really good charity that has so much information on their website. They have free courses as well you can do and like worksheets, which are great. They're also great if you're a parent and you you want to do some sex ed for yourself with your child. They've got it all spit out into age appropriate. So there's no trying to work out what your child needs at that bright moment. It's all in really good like physical workbooks as well. I've also got a book recommendation page. I need to update that because my bookshelf's got a lot busier since then. But there's some great books out there. Really, really great books. What about uh, when it comes to porn? Because you were just, you were talking about how, you know, there are different courses and there, I think a lot of people use porn as sex education. So where should people start when it comes to unlearning their porn habits? Yeah, so I've got a page on um, porn versus real life, which has all the stats compared to body hair, body types, penis size, length of sex, types of sex, which is really, really helpful. And then um, my most popular page on the website is finding ethical porn. Um, Ethical porn is like a big buzzword at the moment. And it's not so black and white, like it's not bad porn, good porn, good indie porn, etc., so ethical porn, the definition, it kind of varies, but it's basically, it's workers' rights. The performers, their pay, their safety, their treatment is fair. Consent is paramount. Uh, their sexual health, uh, credit, etc. A lot of people think ethical porn is showing diverse body types, etc. But it's usually what, you, what comes with ethical porn, but it's not necessarily what ethical porn is. So... Things like Cheeks. Cheeks is my favourite at the moment. What else is Balesa? There's Erica Lust. There's... Oh, so I've got a big list um, with lots of free trials, etc. Okay. Um, if, I've, if I've got a 15-year-old and they're looking at things like Pornhub or YouPorn or, you know, any of the, the free porn stuff and you're trying to gently suggest that they look at ethical porn sites, what's a good way to start having a conversation with them about that? Yeah, apologies. Those recommendations were for adults. <laughs> um, but I think a great a great one is um, rather, I don't, as it, obviously it's down to the parent if they want to recommend certain sites that are safe. Um, but I think it's more about, giving them that lesson on what to look out for because at the end of the day saying don't watch porn is not going to work they're still gonna go and explore it's um the curious you're a human oh that's my cat meowing I'm really sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's kind of getting them to ask those questions being critical like what kind of language are they using is it sexist is it racialized are they using discriminatory buzzwords are the advertisements like get huge penis (laughs) Is the website transparent about who's behind the camera? Are they crediting the actors to the missions? Obviously, this is more technical, I think, but also the body types. Don't These people have been picked because they're performers. They've got a certain body type that people want to watch, potentially. And it's just questioning that, that that's not real life. The body, body hair, are they fetishising? Yeah, it's a lot of information, a lot to go through, but it's kind of, I guess comes with digital literacy it's teaching your child that to be really critical of the internet um and not everything you see is face value but I think porn is a real difficult one to discuss because often I mean sex in general (laughs) but often your child's not going to want to talk to you about it especially when there is such a shame shame around it but I think it's just letting them know that you're there 
to talk to if you need to and just to be careful. I think it's so interesting because as soon as you stop saying sex education and start saying digital literacy, then it turns the same subjects into two different things do you know what I mean like it's it's Mm. it's teaching the same thing but in one way you've got a group of right-wing people will be absolutely horrified that you're teaching that to kids but in another one they'd be delighted because it's like oh yeah well it's you know it just I think if we had more things being taught as digital literacy we might not have so much combat against it if you see what I mean I think it's really interesting and it's still quite a new thing we sex education like you say on its own is lacking and then the whole internet and is growing faster than ever and that's a whole separate thing but then they intertwine and I still don't think everyone's worked out how to how to do that and there's there's definitely like two schools of thought especially at school it's like no don't do this especially with sending nudes etc or anything it's like don't do that but they're just going to do it harder and unsafe. It's like the highest rate of teen pregnancies are in abstinence only schools in America. Like it's just proven with anything, not sex. If it's a way of teaching it, you can teach it and not promote it. And um, tell me about lubricant, Evie. I am absolutely obsessed. When did you wake up and go, I'm going to make my own lubricant? How do you do it? Did you just get all the pots and pans out in the kitchen? What? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, but I don't think it's very legal if I actually physically, without any training, made it myself. But basically, I'm very sensitive. My every part of my body, my skin, is irritated by everything. And I've I've tried all the lubes under the sun, all the natural ones, and they still irritate me. And I was like, I can't go on like this. And I was doing the researches into the formulas and what is included and what I wouldn't have to include. Um, and then I approached a company that could do that for me. Um, and then I had all the fun bits of making all the packaging. And that's been uh, for a year. I've actually just put in the second order as I've now uh, nearly sold out. I really, really want to push that for 2023. But uh, as this is just my hobby, trying to like fund, you know, the marketing, the advertising, etc. has been, I've mainly just done it off the website. But yeah, it's, I, I, it's not sticky, which I find a lot of lube is. Um, it's got glowing reviews, so... How do you start testing it? Were you did you have to test each test batch on yourself or were you passing them around to friends? Yeah. Oh, it was a great, great fun. I was testing all of them for weeks. Yeah, lots of friends tried them and lots of friends are constantly asking for them as well. I, I it's crazy how it's kind of opened everyone like when you go into this like business, it opens up everyone else's conversations. So my friends we now who never usually talk about sex are constantly talking about sex with me and I didn't push that on them they've just it's almost like they feel like they can now it's kind of like a open door thing and that's even happened with my family which I never expected at Christmas I was handing Lou back to my aunties and uncles which was pretty wild it's aunties and uncles that need it the most come on ladies it's that time of life you're gonna you're gonna need a little bit of a hand down there maybe that's why they should be looking at literally the best to make sure that they know that it's okay to be using lubricants yeah anytime though anytime wetter is better (laughs) yes Would you use the knowledge that you have now of creating that kind of product to make other products? Yeah, that's the aim. I really enjoy doing it and I'd love to bring out a kind of much more. I mean, it's moisturising as it is, but the ones that you can actually push up, like this one called Gina, which is specifically for like uh, postmenopausal women. 
um, or people that struggle to get wet. I'd really like to do one of them. What should people be looking for when it comes to lubricant? Where do you start finding the perfect lubricant for you or making your own Mm. lubricant? Stay away from petroleums, glycerins. If you are sensitive, Yes Organics is a really good line as well. And they do lots of stuff, um, lots of different ranges, especially uh, make sure I've got a good guide on what kind of lube to pair with toys and condoms because some can break down condoms. Um, water-based lube is is the safest bet but if you're looking for like longer stints or anal sex you're going to want to look at oil-based lube but yeah water-based is safe with condoms and toys and then yeah there's silicon oil lube as well which weirdly breaks down silicon toys which so that that's kind of something to look out with but I've got quite a good guide on um which ones to avoid with the others but and if people want to find out more about you where can they find you um, so on Instagram, I'm literally the best, or the website's literally the best.co.uk. Twitter, I'm on literally the B. Facebook, I'm on there. I just share everything I share on Instagram because uh, why not? Wait, what's a good page for people to start at when they want to look at literally the best? Where, where, what do you recommend? What's been one of your most popular topics? Um, how to be sex positive is um a popular page and then also just the whole sexual health section um there's lots to learn there brilliant thank you so much for joining us on smut drop evie plum thank you for having me my thanks to evie plum there i really enjoy talking about sex education i know which sounds ironic because it is so rubbish what i really enjoy is that there are young people out there who aren't bitter by the sex education they've received they just want to make it better for the generation around them and the generation that's coming up so they do all these lovely platforms and they make all this amazing art and honestly go and look at the things that evie's creating on clitory the best because it is so pretty and it it does make it so reachable and so relatable and you can absolutely learn a lot I've learned a lot from the from the website itself and it's all in lovely bite-sized chunks speaking of bite-sized chunks let's go and take a dive into the fun bags Last week, I asked you for all your best Valentine's Day ideas. Whether you're single, coupled up, thrappled up, you let me know what you and your polycule mates, dates and maybe more are up to. So Kay on Insta, uh, they said, I wait for it all to blow over and scoop up the half price chocolates on the 15th. Very wise, Kay. I'm the same. Uh, Susie, also on Insta, says, I'm very much looking forward to spending the weekend after Valentine's Day with my boyfriends, plural, she put in brackets just to make sure I knew, uh, for the first time. Not sure we'll be doing anything apart from me. That's it. That's it, Susie. That is the attitude I love. You and your boyfriends do nothing apart from you. Brilliant. Uh, Someone calling themselves Cockermouth, I don't know whether that's their name or just their location. Uh, They're on Twitter and they said, is it even a thing? Oh, come on. Join in the Roma. It's just a bit of fun. And look, if you are with someone, I suggest that you make it a thing very, very quickly. Um, (laughs) That brings me nicely onto next week's show. As we're balancing precariously between Valentine's Day, give me your worst Valentine stories. Did you expect a ring but got a pie instead? You could slide 
slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. And if you're enjoying this weekly squeeze of love juice in your face, then please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you do, then name it after me. I'm ahead of the game.